This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we try to imagine what an assassin who has trained cats to kill fights like. Welcome to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. I'm Peter Eby. And this week we are finishing our coverage of Outlaw Star, covering episodes 14 through 26. And oh boy, this show exists. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it sure does. I, I feel like we say that a lot off the top, but really... I don't know how else to express just how much this show sits there like an inert object. Uh, yeah. And then it's over and you're like, oh, all right. I guess that was that. Time to move on. This show blew me away like a gentle summer breeze. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't cause me to move yeah, at all. briefly rustled my realize... hair. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> that's kind of pleasant. <laughs> it's nothing to remark about, but you know, it happened. So uh, where we left off in our last episode of coverage of this, the crew of the Outlaw Star, the titular ship, was finally completely assembled. We've got Gene Starwind, who's like a lazy but adventurous rogue who's always dreaming big. We have Jim Hawking, his business partner, who is an 11-year-old boy genius who is a lot more grounded and is frequently worried about money. Uh, yeah. Malfina, a bio-android who holds the secret to the great treasure the galactic ley line which no one knows what it is uh twilight suzuka an assassin who joins the crew after making a strange deal with gene to renege on a contract for fred lau who is their like or fred low rather who is their um i don't know supplier patron basically yeah and aisha clan clan a member of an alien warrior species called the kataro kataro who are cat people and who are totally goofy, but also invincible and extremely violent, apparently. Yeah, I I do love the idea of, like, you know what, we're going to have a goofball character, but we're going to make it canon that they're pretty much impossible to kill, <laughs> because that's what you do with goofy characters. Yeah, right, you right. Just throw them into a volcano. What, what, what does make me a little sad about Aisha as a character is that it's constantly referred to that the Kataral Kataral are, like, extremely dangerous it's not just that they're really good at combat they just like go into blood frenzies and kill people sometimes <laughs> and yeah. i wish that she was a little more like threatening just all the time like she's such a goofball that you know she just kind of plays comic relief i, I wish she was a little mm -hmm. more scary but Whatever. There are many things that I wish were done differently in this show. <laughs> so the first major thing that happens in this block is that Hazanko, who is a high-ranking member of the K-Pirate Guild and basically a powerful wizard uh, and also the main villain, is introduced and he dispatches these super assassins called the Anten Seven to go kill Jean and recover Malfina and the Outlaw Star. Uh, which were made as part of this project that was a collaboration between the pirates and the space forces. And the Anten-7 seem really cool, 
There are seven super yeah. assassins who all have different specialties because, you know, it's one of those because shows. anime. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> they all have different like, specialties, and the, and the specialties are crazy and, like, unique. Yeah, but... one's a werewolf, <laughs> for example. Yeah, one, uh... one's a werewolf. One they introduce is, like, she specializes in a martial arts using cats. Yeah. And it's, like, just this girl with, like, these two house cats. And it's, like, what? This is going to yeah, be awesome. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, there's one who's, like, a wizard. There's one who's a master of all weapons. It, it, it's pretty There's anime. one who's just hot, which is pretty stupid. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> there's like, one that's, like. beautiful. Yeah, there's one <laughs> that's, like, like yeah, a okay. seductress, basically. But, you know, they're, they're all assassins with different techniques. And we expect that we're going to see them come into contact with gene and company throughout this block um so gene and company have a bunch of small adventures that don't have anything to do with anything uh before eventually they're like i guess we should try to find the galactic ley line actually because that's yeah. kind of the point of everything i feel like we should start the plot to this show yeah. <laughs> over halfway through. right exactly so just to point out what these adventures are uh there's one where they are contacted to recover some treasure from a water planet, and they have to fight a giant enemy crab. Uh, there's one <laughs> sure. where Gene is attacked by the first assassin, who's a man named Leilong, and he basically intentionally loses so that he's no longer like forced to work for the pirates. You'd think this means he comes back. He does not. Uh, he he nah. just leaves at the end, and after pretending to be dead and that's it this show is not very keen on like setting up plot points and it's very not keen on following up with any other setup <laughs> that plot is points. true uh there are some serious problems with setup and payoff in this block in particular so yeah uh we're going to get to my zenith which is another one of these just kind of like random side adventure episodes uh the setup is that gene is working a job using the outlaw star as like a tugboat and they have to get this advertising ship, which is basically just a ship covered in billboards that also plays the opening theme from the show. So I guess it's advertising <laughs> yeah. Outlaw Star itself. They have to pull it into the station, and then when they attach to it, it attaches itself to them. And they're contacted by this, you know, computer program that's like, we have a bomb on this ship and we will blow you up and we're part of this a cartoon mouse yeah, right we're, we're part of <laughs> this terrorist organization so we have demands and you're our hostages basically this episode is die hard in space like the yep. terrorists are actually using this as a distraction so that they can rob this exposition of like jewelry at the space station that the outlaw star is going to crash into and the the reason it's fun is, I mean, honestly, despite being pretty much die hard in space, uh, it's done well enough that it doesn't just feel derivative. Like, it is still its own thing, even though it's borrowing a premise from a very well-known movie. Also, I like Die Hard a lot, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker enough that I'll just sit here and watch Die Hard with different characters, I guess. <laughs> um, it's also fun because Suzuka and Aisha basically have kind of the John McClane role where they're like trying to figure out what's happening and beating people up and interrogating them. And that dynamic is really fun. Like there yeah. are a couple episodes where they basically act as like muscle for everybody else and their dynamic there is pretty fun. To be honest, other than that, it's kind of an unremarkable episode, but eh, it's Die Hard in Space, and it's done pretty well, and yeah. like it's a fun little adventure. 
that ends with Gene yeah, smashing right. the outlaw star through the top of the space station. So like, yeah, almost almost <laughs> ramming the main villain with the uh, giant yeah, spaceship. Right. Which is pretty so great. like, it, it's pretty cool, and it also features yeah. uh, Gene diffusing a bomb with the outlaw star's giant spaceship arms. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> which apparently they have like a little handheld buzz saw for the spaceship oh to God. hold, which is totally silly and ridiculous. But like. Yeah you know, pretty much exactly what I want out of this show. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that stuff right. is nice. Uh, does it matter to the main plot? Do we get character development? No. <laughs> but who cares? It's a fun little yeah, adventure. Really. <laughs> well, coming up next is My Zenith, episode 17, Between Life and Machine. This is actually like a more plot-focused episode in which more. the crew kind of come into contact with the McDougal brothers again, um, Ron and Harry. I believe it's and Rod, isn't it? It is Ron. It is not Rod. Oh, well, it's in the character thing, and they say Ron a bunch. They even calls him Ron. He goes, Ronald McDougal. <laughs> and it sounded like Hazanko says Ronald McDougal like that. And it sounded like Hazanko saying like, Ronald McDonald. Oh, I was thinking it's like Hazanko <laughs> is like, Ronald McDougal, you get over here. Like he's a stern mother or something. <laughs> he does. He does weirdly call him by his full name in a later episode. <laughs> it's really funny. The McDougal brothers, who are like these, like kind of bandit assassin piratey types from pre from before, who just like take any job, and may have been involved with killing uh, Gene's father back in the past. Right. So everyone's pissed about him, and they're pursuing Gene, and particularly Melfina, as Harry McDougal, who is like kind of part cyborg as it is now, um, it has become obsessed with her. The, I like this episode because like it starts, you know, Ron contacts gene and invites him to dinner and it's like obviously a trap and he goes in and then like gets guns pulled on him and is like hey i know you have melfina i want your xgp hand that shit over to me and then they do this fun little twist where he's like oh yeah well i bought friends too and we get classic suzuka and aisha being muscle again yeah, where right, they just right. bust out and start kicking ass and we get like a really cool uh, cool fight scene there where uh Ron flees and then like summons these robot dogs that look really ridiculous. Like their heads are just like little funnel things. Yeah, their they don't heads really are look like, like laser cannons, and they're kind of like yeah. dog panthers almost. They're this yeah. weird, like biomechanical looking thing. I, I I really like the robot dogs, and they have like <laughs> gr like rocket launchers coming out. That saying that makes me feel like an eight year old. Yeah, <laughs> like, but this is the robot dogs were really cool. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the really cool things in this show do spark my inner eight-year-old to some mm -hmm. extent. It's like, oh, yeah. shit, it's a ship with giant robot arms fighting with a pistol and a big axe for some reason. Yeah. Fucking cool. <laughs> like, yeah, and, and you know, if you want a big long story short about uh, how I feel about the show, it is generally, I would say it's generally true that this show's art design is the best thing it has going for, or perhaps the only good thing it has going for it but it's, like, really neat looking. In any case, they end up fighting him off, but the robots are, like, super strong. Uh, and meanwhile, Harry is, like, trying to break in and kidnap uh, Melfina, and he's kind of terrorizing her and stalking her like a creep. Uh, Melfina manages to escape inside the Outlaw Star, uh, which seals her in well enough that <laughs> Harry, who's missing an arm since uh, Gene shot it off in a previous episode, he, now he has this robot arm, but he, like, fucking tries using the robot arm to pry open the door of the XGP. 
and causes it to malfunction and he rips his own cyborg arm off and it's like really gory <laughs> and it's just kind of like one of those moments where like oh that was fucking crazy like that's kind of cool meanwhile gene events eventually confronts ron about killing his father which ron doesn't even fucking remember yeah and they start having a fight where it's like oh shit ron also uses a caster gun that fires magic and if you have two caster guns they basically just cancel each other out (laughs) yeah so they just have like just a beam struggle fight yeah (laughs) but out of guns (laughs) and the whole episode ends with like harry has kind of gotten under melfina's skin and she's getting some like existential angst about like what the fuck is she why is she here and this is a fun episode overall and i like i like some of the aesthetics going on with it too yeah i'd say this one is one of the episodes that moves the plot forward but still manages to have enough character stuff in it to like yeah work i honestly think that the dynamic between harry and melfina is one of the more interesting ones in the show which is unfortunate because it's like it's pretty much a stalker stalky thing, but yeah, I still think I don't know. Like that's that's a an interesting take on this kind of adversarial relationship that I feel yeah, like is very right. true to life in a way. So, eh, I, I I think it's a it's an interesting take at least, even if it is yeah. you know like creepy, but it's supposed to be creepy. Like yeah, it's, I, I it's think it it's clearly supposed to be, yeah. Like, you're not really supposed to like Harry when he's like, no, yeah. Melfina, I'm in love with you. Just do everything I say. <laughs> like, yeah, come with me yeah, now. Yeah, right. right. So, uh, I, I like so, that in concept anyway. And so, um, at this point in the plot, uh, after this episode, Gene is like, you know what? We should probably go after this Galactic Leyline thing. Right. I mean, like, clearly we're like 20 episodes into this fucking show <laughs> yeah i guess we should fucking do something related to the main right plot. right and and the thing is that they're contacted or malfina is contacted by gwen khan who's this oh, scientist yeah. who developed malfina and the xgp which is the ship that they renamed the outlaw star uh and they're the key to getting the galactic ley line so he contacts yeah. them and he's like, I can tell you how to get to the Galactic Ley Line. Just get back in touch with me, please. And yeah, at this point, Gene's like, well, maybe we should do that. You know, that's yeah. like what we've been hearing about since the start of the show. That's why Aisha's here after all. So we're just going to keep getting hunted if we don't anyway. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So I guess we better <laughs> go find it. the Galactic Ley Line. And to do that. But first, we need money. Yes, of course <laughs> they need money because that's how this show works. So they have to go to Fred Lowe, who's like, hey. I'll give you money if you stop this woman from winning the universe's strongest woman contest because she's won four years in a row. And I promise her that if she won five years in a row, we would get married. But I'm not attracted to women, so I don't want to get married to her. So, you know, Gene, please fix this problem for me and I'll pay for everything. Um, Now, this this episode, I would say is one where i saw the preview and i was like man they're gonna this is gonna be shitty and there is a little shittiness in it but it 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 surprised me with how well it handled certain things you know like they didn't you know it's it's up in the air you see a 90s anime and you know after watching some of the content you hawk a show and get a little like transphobic shit seeing this it wasn't that bad because it was like well they don't make a gene doesn't make a huge deal about being a drag even though they do kind of make fun of him for it or like you know the show is clearly putting him in a ridiculous outfit and oh yeah and and all the other characters tease him about being in drag but whatever the point of this is that 
the the werewolf girl shows up and then she and Aisha fight and Fred is fortunately not forced to marry this person but like also <laughs> doesn't agree to just give them all the money because Gene <laughs> yeah. isn't the one who fixed his problem technically so they still owe him but he's like yeah hey, whatever go have your adventure you crazy kids uh, I, I do, yeah. I do love the, all that setup and like getting Gene to enter, and he's, you know, and then he just instantly gets his ass kicked and is out of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, he's it was pretty funny. It, it is funny that Gene is easily defeated because he's not actually that good at fighting. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, now that they have Fred's money for the millionth time. Uh, they can go off on their adventure, and this leads into another series of episodes that are not exactly totally related to the main plot, but are just kind of space adventures, one of which is your nadir. What's that? Oh, mean? yes. <laughs> episode 20, Cats and Girls and Spaceships. This, uh, this is the episode in which the main cast encounters the member of the Onten 7, Hamio, who is the long-awaited character who fights with house cats. And, oh boy, is it a disappointment. Um, for a show that, like, often just pushes absurdity and ridiculous, like, extent of, like, doing, like, the most ridiculous shit, <laughs> like having ships with arms that attack and stuff like that, they didn't do shit with this character who fights with cats. Uh, they, 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 they didn't did a, do the thing they did a minor want. thing. They do have cats piloting spaceships telepathically, kind of. Fine, yes. Two which cats get crazy. into spaceships, and then they, they're they killed, which sucks. <laughs> and this entire episode, instead of being... like Besides just not meeting my weird standards of wanting like to watch cats rip people apart, this episode also <laughs> this episode also just has like a pretty stupid and like lazy love plot where it's like, oh, we're star-crossed lovers. Jim like unknowingly falls in love with this girl, not realizing she's the assassin who's set there to kill him, right? And she doesn't know that he's you know Jim Hawking. And so they're like, oh, we'll meet again at this place. Okay, great. And then they get in a fight with her, and Jim himself personally blows up her ships and her cat's ships and kills all of them. And there's never, like, any kind of reveal. <laughs> and, like, like it's cheers just, like, also, hilariously. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And th there's no, like, dark music or anything about it either. The show doesn't, like... It, like <laughs> there's no payoff it's just tragic and it doesn't even dwell on the fact that there's no payoff that that jim doesn't know that he murdered his crush um in fairness i guess fought off his crush and killed her yeah, but like, you know what i mean i don't know if it needs more to underline the tragedy stuff to be honest but it's also so i don't know like I don't know. I've just I've seen this thing happen enough before that I know how it goes and it doesn't do anything yeah. new with it personally. Like I also hated this episode. Right. And like there's you mentioned me before the show where it's like there are ample opportunities in this entire show of like where character development could happen, but they just don't take those opportunities. Yeah. And similar to this, like Jim is bummed that his uh th that you know his date stood him up by dying in a fire, uh, and so he and G you know Gene like is about to you know kind of comforts him, but it's just like hinted that it happens and we don't really see it and it doesn't matter, and you know 
it, it's just kind of a nothing episode and it's it, it, nothing plus disappointment so. right and that moment where you have like jim i mean i don't know it, it really bothers me that there is a scene between jim and gene at the end of this episode where as you said you could have a scene there where like you know, you have some understanding of why these characters are friends. You can maybe see a gentler side of Gene as he gives Jim some advice because obviously Jim, or rather Gene, I hate that their names are so similar, by the way. It's yeah. really annoying. Like, I'm not confused by it, but I keep miss it, messing it up and it, it's quite irritating. But anyway, you could easily have a scene where Gene gives Jim some advice and you get some kind of understanding of why these characters have known each other so long and been friends, despite the fact that they're always at each other's throats. But instead, the scene is just silent. You don't hear the dialogue. And it's right. like, cool, I guess I'll just use my imagination instead of watching this TV show. Like, why? How did the ball get dropped so hard here? So now that that's resolved, uh, they continue going after the ley line. They land on a planet called the Grave of the Dragon, where there are these super ancient alien ruins of some kind of precursor race, and they're hoping to find some information about Malfina's origin or, you know, where the ley line is, etc. Uh, the McDougal brothers show up again, and there's a fight, basically. Uh, Harry McDougal gets shot in the face with a caster, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So he's pretty much ruined. Uh, and Gene is starting to worry because he feels like he's not going to be able to fulfill the promise he made to Malfina of finding what her origin is and why she exists. Uh, and then when they leave, basically, he asks her to come with them instead of taking it for granted, which is kind of a character moment, really. So after they leave there, they're contacted by Gwen Khan again, and he's like, hey, I know how you can get the info for where the Galactic Ley Line is. Uh, also, I'm going to hold Melfina hostage, um, so get that info. And he has to, basically, Gene has to break into an inescapable prison and free this guy and get him to like give him the coordinates. So, you know, <laughs> one prison break later, Wong <laughs> yeah, tells right. him how to reach the ley line. Uh, this, the prisoner, Sayo Wong, tells him how to reach the ley line. Yeah, and they reactivate Malfina because that's the way that Gwen yeah. Khan held her hostage. He just deactivates her personality using some kind of right. command code. So it's off to the ley line. But wait, we have episode <laughs> 23, first. Hot Springs Planet Tenray to get through. And this is my Woo! least favorite episode because <laughs> it's terrible. We're there. It's the it's the band episode that did not air on Toonami. We could have skipped this one, I guess. We should have skipped <laughs> we, this by one, our own I think. Because uh, <laughs> it sucks? Yeah, because it's terrible. So, yeah, we, we, we have to halt right before the climax of the show for some <laughs> yeah. fan service. So, some big TNA planet. Yeah, right. So, basically, Gene wants to go to this planet, uh, Tenray, because that's where caster shells are made. Because Tenray, the resort civilization i guess was founded by these three wizards who are the people who make caster shells a bunch of tna later uh gene is contracted by two of the wizards who are men to shoot nude footage of the other wizard who's a woman who is the one who turns the planet into this like tourist trap destination and who also lives on top of another mountain 
with like just a bunch of women basically no men are allowed so yeah. they want gene to go shoot no nude footage of her did they and want frankly that's want him all there to is shoot to it, it. I, I don't remember did they th- this doesn't matter much but i know <laughs> either they want him to shoot the footage or they just want her him to convince her to give him the nude footage no, that no. already they exists they want him to shoot it he has a camera oh, they course. give him the camera like they do end up, but she does end up <laughs> challenging him to a ping pong, a game of ping pong, right? <laughs> in order yeah. to win the footage for them, which I did like. <laughs> this is a this episode is fucking stupid and terrible, and like maximum goofiness at that. Yeah, no, like I, the thing about this episode for me is like, well, first of all, pu- putting aside the fan service stuff, which is like great, I would have loved this if I was thirteen secretly right. but like i'm not 13 so it's just exhausting yeah. and stupid now yeah um, yeah you know the the whole plot is that gene has to shoot nudes of this woman which is ridiculous right. and terrible and then like frankly i understand that hot springs are a cultural thing that we don't really have here and so it makes sense that they show up a lot. But the thing that annoys me about Hot Springs episodes is it's always the same fucking jokes and they're not funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hot Springs episodes of anime are the equivalent of I just flew in from New York. Boy, are my arms tired, like level <laughs> hack, yeah. terrible shit. And it's all identical. And this episode's the same as all of them. It's just like, ha ha. Here's a scene where Gene gets thrown into the woman's bath because of something. And then they're like, oh, you pervert and hit him. And it's like, this is so yeah. funny. Yeah. I haven't seen this a million times in every show. Like, right, right. I'm over it. I just I hate this shit. It's terrible. <laughs> it's not funny. And like, like I would kill for a Hot Springs episode where something else happens honestly yeah yeah but that's not how it works because you go for the cheap easy jokes because that's why we're doing this episode in the first place that and so we can draw the female characters with one hand basically yeah like (laughs) it's just ugh, i just hate it i will say that there is one joke that i liked which is that gene is traveling up this mountain and they're like booby traps and he falls for this one booby trap and then the second time he climbs up the mountain, he's repeating to himself, I'm not going to fall for it this time. I'm not going to fall for it this time. And then trips over it. He's like, oh, shit, as the you know <laughs> giant snowball rolls, rolls over him. And that scene, I was like, you know what? I've been there. <laughs> like, I've, I've been in that <laughs> yeah. basic situation where you're like, I'm not going to screw it up. And then you do. And all you could really say is like, well, fuck me. Like, really? Climbing a mountain Again? in a Speedo, trying to shoot nude footage. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. I've been in that exact situation. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get trying to get bullets for my magic gun. <laughs> yeah, right. And so it's just so stupid. <laughs> and so, like, I mean, whatever. The rest of the plot doesn't really matter. Gene gets magic shells that drain his life force when he uses them. Ooh, maybe he'll have to use enough in a row that he dies. Absolutely, certainly, because that's how these things work. But don't worry, <laughs> right. he assures Malfina this definitely won't happen. <laughs> That's just the kind of guy he is. Right, yeah. He He's a risk a reckless risk taker who promises the world <laughs> and delivers very well. Right. So now that we have our TNA over with, uh it's time for the climax of the show. 
or the plot of the show, depending on how you look yeah, at it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, oh, they got there. The outlaw star arrives at the Galactic Leyline. Hazanko has apparently been there for a while now with his ship, the Geomancer, which is crazy even by the standards of Outlaw Star ship design. It has like <laughs> yeah. four arms and it's just really big and lanky. Um, Weird blue curved arms. Yeah, and right. Like, it looks cool. But anyway, a space battle happens. Uh, the McDougals show up, a Katarl Katarl ship shows up and then pretty much becomes irrelevant immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Outlaw Star and the McDougal ship, the Eldorado, go into the ley line, and then they land on it. And the ley line is like this really metaphysical place where there are all these different chambers, sort of, but there's no logical mm -hmm. like layout. So uh, what I'm saying is the description is going to get a little weird because they are in a series of rooms that are not rooms. Yeah. They're like in these areas and there's like this like land in the middle of a weird space. And there's like a lot of gold, a gold like crystally looking shit. They climb around. Right. It's like for part of it, if, but it keeps changing too. Right. It's like if you've One seen. One point it just becomes data. <laughs> right. Like if you've seen the legend of Korra and she goes into the spirit world, it's that kind of thing, but not handled as well because there's like. 17 different rooms that they go into and between uh so anyway once inside the ley line starts talking to them it abducts melfina then it kind of teleports everyone to these paths that eventually converge and they're all racing towards melfina uh harry gets there first and then hazanko shows up and basically just reverses the direction of all of harry's joints very bloodily oh <laughs> like, yeah it looked like Harry was in the cave absorbing the spirit orb, Yu Yu Hakusho style, considering yeah, the amount yeah. of blood spurting out of him randomly. He just, he, he really, yeah, he just like psychically rips each limb in half. He like twists them off, yeah, basically. Right. It's really gory. Right. So Hazanko cool. takes Malfina into the next chamber. Gene uh, and everyone else basically face off against the final Anten Seven Assassins. And these are a series of fights that are kind of irrelevant. I will point out yep. that Suzuka fights a guy that I'll talk about a little bit later, uh, because it is basically in microcosm this show's whole problem uh, with existing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we'll come back. To yeah, that. but basically, we end up with Gene going into the final chamber, and Malfina's there, and Hazanko is there, and Gene and Hazanko mutually kill each other. And then they're in yet another metaphysical space inside the ley line, which is like cyberspace. And Malfina tells Gene what the ley line is, which is it's like it's a repository of information of that, you know, is all of the information in the whole galaxy. And it was compiled by this ancient precursor race, but also it has a consciousness. So it's kind of a god because it's omnipotent. And it has control over life and death somehow. And, you know, basically, it's God. Uh, also, at some point in here, Hazanka explains Malfina's real backstory, which is that he specifically founded the Keyline Project with Professor Gwen Khan. And the point was to make a ship that could get into the Galactic Ley Line. And they took information from the planet The Grave of the Dragon. Uh, and they don't really understand what this information is, but they put it into the systems anyway, and that's how they can get to the ley line. 
And yeah. he did all of this so that he could acquire power and become like the bestest space pirate, basically. Um, <laughs> but then Hilda stole the XGP and Melfina, and then Jean ended up with both of them. So all of this has kind of been incidental to Hazanko. It's really like, you know, he, he dropped a quarter down a, down a grate, and now he's trying to get it back. Yeah, right. Anything. Gene is asked by the leyline consciousness what he wants, and he's like, oh, all I really want is for Melfina to come back with me. So, you know, he gets that. And then Hazanko also gets his wish, which apparently is to merge with his spaceship into some incredibly strange-looking, twisted creature. Yeah, um, so it's like this weird machine god monster. Right. So <laughs> ship. Yeah. So the outlaw star fights that ship. Gene uh, is basically given the power of friendship and uses it yeah. to defeat Hazanko, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the the end wrap-up stuff is that everyone's kind of going their separate ways, uh, except that they end up not going their separate ways, and they go off on more adventures together. And yeah. that's Outlaw Star, everybody. Yep. Exciting stuff. So we're going to get to our break. When we get back, we'll talk about what we thought about the show. We'll give a recommendation and then uh, talk about what we're going to be watching next week. Outlaw Star will return in a moment. Hey there, everyone. This is Michael jumping in during the break for the stuff that I always do. I'm not apologizing for a delay this time. Uh, instead, I'm just giving you acknowledgments. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving. The music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anatek. That is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud. Rights were secured through Gemendo. Our next full episode will release December 16th, and tune in next week for a discussion of Macross Plus Movie Edition. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. If you don't mind, I really don't want to leave behind a pathetic-looking corpse. And now, back to Outlaw Star. Peter, what did you think about Outlaw Star? What are your thoughts? Um, Outlaw Star is a flashy show with decent animation and um, really cool art style and art design and world design and some like really interesting ideas that don't really end up going <laughs> into making an entertaining show. Uh, the plot is just kind of like kind of shoddily built character driven with characters who eh, just don't really have a lot going on. Like they don't seem to have a lot of drive even, nor do they have like a lot of explanation as to why they hang out. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that that's the big thing for me also. Like, yeah, I honestly have trouble explaining what some characters want at all 
and 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 some of the you know descriptions they kind of come up with after the fact and you know what i want to go to the suzuka fight we were talking about (laughs) yeah okay so suzuka um so suzuka's final fight is against one of the anton seven and it's a guy named uh hitoriga yeah hitoriga and he's like this big guy who wears basically a pillowcase on his head you said he kind of looks like jason Voorhees in friday the 13th part two like Mm -hmm. he really does uh and they fight and as they're about to fight suzuka says to gene go i'll fight this guy this is why i came with you was to fight this guy actually (laughs) yeah this character we've never met (laughs) yeah so they start fighting he takes off his mask and just has suzuka's face apparently and Also, it's revealed during this fight through incidental dialogue that he killed Suzuka's entire family and that she's been seeking revenge against him since she was, like, a kid. Yeah. This is explained, again, during the fight, which is their final showdown, and then she kills him. Yeah. And it's just, like... Like just like what? Well, it's <laughs> How like, do you make a character like that? Like <laughs> it's it felt like watching an a late MCU movie without having seen like one of the key <laughs> yeah. entries in the series. It's like it, it's like if you watched fucking Avengers Endgame without having seen Captain Marvel. And you're just like, who the fuck is this character? Why is she like all powerful? Why is everyone so yeah, unfazed right. by this? Like <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's such a weird moment where it seriously feels like there was a side story that just didn't end up making it to the show, which there is from what I understand. Mm. And it it sucks. And like, that's what the whole show is. You have these characters who you don't really understand their motivations because they don't tell you like Suzuka is the worst example because she's just a mysterious assassin. But as a result, you never find out anything interesting about her until the exact moment when it matters. And then you find out and it's like, oh, OK, this matters. And then it's over. And of course, then it's like the most cliche motivation as well. <laughs> it doesn't help. Yeah, I mean, the, sure. And, but like if you'd had a scene earlier in the show where she's like, you know, Gene just asks her, why are you traveling with us? And she's yeah. just like, well, this I, I'm seeking revenge against this man. That would have been or enough, even just like, but it just doesn't happen. Even just like hinting at it, but she doesn't even ever reference even having a family ever. <laughs> like she's, it's not like, oh yes, my my brother who uh, he's no longer with us, or you know, oh you know, not even mentioning them normally. It's just like, yep, okay, I guess she's just a character who doesn't exist until all of a sudden. Uh yeah, th- this is my motivation. It's like it's like <laughs> the show creators like were late <laughs> with their book report or something. Like <laughs> right. they just had yeah, to like yeah. come up with something on the spot. They're like, also, uh, he murdered her whole family. Yeah, that's why. That's why they need to fight. <laughs> right. Like, and like that is again that I think is this show in microcosm. So much mm-hmm. of the yeah. conflict. Like, it's it's a character-driven show where I don't feel like you find out enough about the characters or, like, the characters just don't have enough, like, depth beyond the basic yeah. surface-level interactions they have with each other to 
have any feeling for them. So like when they're in peril or whatever, you just don't care because right. like, you know, nothing about them. Like also it's incredibly strange that Hazanko, the main fucking villain, the guy who's behind <laughs> everything, literally from the start of the show, like the pirates yeah. who were the villains in the beginning were dispatched by him. Gene meets him for the first time about an hour before they have their weird, like we're both empowered by the ley line to be basically gods struggle against each other. Yeah. They meet about an hour before that. He literally goes, who's this? <laughs> yeah. And like, it's Zanka. <laughs> and again, you know, I don't know. It's not like the hero has to necessarily have a personal stake against the villain, but it's really weird when he has, no stake against the villain at all, except yeah. that the villain is a bad guy, and so he has yeah, to be stopped. Right. Like it's like it's, it's like yeah. Very it, honestly, if Hazango wanted anything else besides like ultimate power, he'd pretty much be fine. I mean, I guess like he sent people to kill them, but you know, Gene doesn't know that, so it's just like. I, I don't know. <laughs> like otherwise, you just kind of leave him alone. Well, and it's not framed as a fight over like Melfina or anything either, yeah, which right. would have also been a logical motivation if cliche. Like it, it's not a fight over the ley line, really. It's not a fight over the outlaw. Star. Melfina just says like he has ultimate power. We can't let him get away. Yeah, so we got to okay. stop him. <laughs> like if the final showdown which, had been between Gene and Harry. That would have made perfect sense. But mm -hmm. instead, yeah. Harry and Ron basically just get tossed aside for the finale. Even though, again, like, they're Gene's real villains. They killed his fucking yeah. dad. <laughs> and yeah. they just kind of leave at the end. Instead, make way for Hazanko, <laughs> this kind of cool-looking guy who has, again, no personality and no real understandable motivation beyond power. Like... Yeah, it's it's just strange. Like it's it's as though in Return of the Jedi, Luke fought the Emperor instead of Darth Vader. Like yeah. why? <laughs> why is it the guy who hasn't been built up at all? Explain it to me, Peter. <laughs> why right. did that happen? No, it. it, it, it... I don't know, because it seems like the show, it almost seems like the, the show writers wanted to write something that was completely episodic and didn't have a main plot, because they like they spend so much of the entire show just doing like little mini missions and going out for money, and, and sure, they they have these episodes where they're confronted by assassins, but like there's very little plot-related episodes, and they don't... It, they they don't work like that. Like a lot of shows kind of do this where it's like, we're going to mix having episodic stuff with like a couple main plot episodes yeah. for like this plot going on in the background. Cowboy Bebop does it. It does it. It works very I well. Mean, and, I would say most shows kind of do that to some yeah. extent. We'll do episodic stuff and then have, you know, a, a overarching plot in the background that like yeah, happens right, on some right. major that's episodes. Buffy. Great. That's supernatural. I have to assume I haven't actually but this, seen it, the, but, you know, this show pays so little attention to its overarching plot that <laughs> they just appear at, at the end. And it's like, yeah, uh, these guys are important, though. <laughs> it's like, I, I guess. I, I don't care. Right. <laughs> like, and and I I don't care about Hazanko. Yeah. <laughs> I care more about the McDougals who are 
they, they 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 did not just leave at the end in fairness one of them had its body ruined <laughs> yeah, okay, and the other that's... one was completely killed except for a like a copy of him in a computer i mean that's but... true but they do like they're not defeated. It is weird they just get away. And they just kind of yeah. leave. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, okay, Say, I guess, whatever. Doesn't Gwen Khan get away too, which is weird? Like, no. He's Gwen, like, he got his goal. Gwen Khan goes get... into the ley line, and that's basically what he wanted because it's just infinite knowledge. Yeah, he just got his goal of infinite knowledge. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, it's just a... I mean, you know, we keep saying it's strange, and it really is. And I, I'm not really sure how else to explain it except to say that, like... This show looks very cool and has some cool ideas, mm-hmm. but it's also a character-focused show where I don't have enough of an idea of wh- how the characters really feel about each other and yeah. like any reason to care about their relationships enough it, for it, it, a character-driven show to like do the thing that a character-driven show has to do, which is make you care about the fucking characters. Like yeah, that's the it, point. The, the show and the show's characters never really make it out of like they're just the trappings they're put in from the beginning. It's like, okay, Gene's the kind of lazy slacker, but also he's adventurous and reckless. All right. And Gene's the, Jim's a serious one who's concerned about money and mm-hmm. has to straighten out Gene, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Melfine is demure and, and doesn't know about her past and needs to know. It is as if like you inserted. <laughs> you inserted like a complex final couple episodes like final episode arc line to like the flintstones yeah pretty much <laughs> it's just like it's just like well we know these characters because we've seen the shows but like acting like there's a major plot leading to like this these villains appearing at the end and like oh no what's gonna happen to fred and wilma right <laughs> like well they they just like the the characters are static and that's not something you do for a character driven show yeah, at least i don't absolutely think absolutely not and and the thing is like what really bothers me about it and i keep circling around this point is that to me the thing that makes a show like this good is those moments where you find out how characters actually feel about each other like not yeah. the front they put on in order to interact day to day, but like the actual feeling that keeps them together in some aspect, like mm-hmm. those are the episodes of character driven shows that I always come back to. Like uh, a good example would be uh, the episode of party down where they go, they cater the orgy. By the way, if you haven't seen party down and you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, watch that show. It's incredible. But yeah, it's a very good Yeah, show. but this is an episode where you have these characters that are usually at odds with each other, having to comfort each other because they're working together, and they are kind of friends to some extent. Even if they don't like each other that much, they're not, like, okay with seeing each other miserable. Right. And, I mean, The Office has a lot of that kind of stuff, too. There's a lot of stuff between Jim and Dwight where... These are characters who are typically at each other's throats, but you have these little moments that indicate that there's something deeper to their relationship than just, like, pranking each other or being petty. Those are the moments that make shows like this worth watching to me, and this show has none of those moments really at all. That's a good point. I think it has one, and it's where Gene admits to Suzuka that he's not sure if he can fulfill his promise to Melfina. That's it. Right, right. Like, it, it lacks 
the moments of characters revealing how they truly feel about each other, which to me is what makes these kinds of character driven shows worth watching. So not having that is worthless. Yeah. It just completely falls short in that regard. And it's like, yeah, what does Gene really feel about Jim? We don't know. Or how does Jim really feel about Gene? Yeah. That's something I'd like to know. And we never find out. Yeah. It's, it's absurd. And it doesn't seem like it'd be that hard to like be able to throw a little bit of that in. Like we said, right, it just seems yeah. like a lot of missed opportunity moments. Well, and I mean, that relationship in particular is the one where I'm like, how on earth did you miss having that scene when the whole episode that's your nadir <laughs> leads yeah. to the moment where you find out how Jim actually feels about Gene, and then the scene has no dialogue it's just them talking in silence it's like imagine how they feel about each other i guess yeah. like you, fuck you, you figure write it out. the scene like <laughs> yeah, right. this could be really good this could this be could actually make me feel something yeah. and it's just not there yeah it's like, just like no, you fill in the gaps like no. it's it's like no. it was designed to intentionally make me angry honestly <laughs> because yeah, it's not many just, of these shows are <laughs> yeah it's it's not just that it's not there it's like no we have it we just don't have the actual dialogue handy so yeah. figure out what they say to each other you like, can assume it's something nice on. i guess something that'll make you like the characters more right you just assume <laughs> yeah, that's right. the case okay all right, yeah, we'll see you next episode. Just fill in the blanks yourself, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that scene uh, yeah. makes me so angry. So I, I guess let's get to recommendations. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll go first. I'm going to say this is best left in the past. I'm going to go hard on Ooh. it. Like, thinking about this show after watching it, the more I thought, the more I was irritated by it. I think it looks really cool, but I think this might fall down into one of those shows where... You know, maybe it's better experienced as a music video. Yes, yeah, yeah. As as someone's vaporwave music video background or <laughs> right, some right. cool little compilation of it, it's an anime music video or something. Right. <laughs> like, and to be fair, like again, there were some really cool world concepts in here. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see those world concepts used in a show that like cared about its character relationships more the magic and space stuff is just so cool too yeah like, such right. a cool concept right it is it's just it doesn't matter to the yeah. core of the show which isn't there yeah so yeah i agree with that uh i i yeah yeah i i'd probably go with a revisit on this like but even then it's like i don't know it's like yeah the the, the show falls flat in uh in a lot of ways and i wouldn't have kept watching it um if not for the podcast that kind of says enough so yeah (laughs) uh, you know i I really like the art style i really do i think it's really cool uh but yeah yeah it just doesn't quite get there for me so somewhere you know somewhere between like revisit it if you have (laughs) memories of it maybe watch it it's also just like fuck it (laughs) i'm tempted to really go either way here yeah i I get it i mean i do think that like well i don't know because i did attempt to revisit this show once in Mm -hmm. the past and i couldn't get through it because i didn't like it very much like so i can't even i i really can't say revisit because i couldn't make it through a revisitation like yeah it looks cool but it's empty like I don't know, a Funko Pop figurine. 
Like, sure. <laughs> you know, just trying yeah, to be that, profound, Peter. Yeah, yo, <laughs> classic Funko Pop philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Truly profound. Yeah, Funko spelled with a ph, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, can can we move on to the bet? Do you have? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do so. G- uh, Peter, you won. Uh, Gene yeah. did not grab too many collars, which I was very saddened by. Uh, he yeah, didn't even right. grab his own collar in the Hot Springs episode, which I thought was a given. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, it seems like it should have happened. He should have been like, whoa, like the, when he, he he like at one point runs into like a buxom babe, but she turns around and has one of like the is a lizard face person, <laughs> yeah, still green. And he, even then, he doesn't go like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no. what are we what are we doing here then? Uh, yeah, so. I won the bet. There's a lot more of just Gene holding people at gunpoint randomly because that's yeah. that's just how cool his character is, is he just holds everyone at gunpoint. Yeah, I mean, um, they're mostly adversaries. It makes sense. True, true. Uh, well, So, I mean, you, that means you're picking the next episode, so sure what does. do you want to watch? Um, so for the next main episode, uh, in two weeks, we're going to watch Record of Lodos War, a show I've seen a little bit of and um, well i i really like the first episode of this show and i may have seen like the ova and not the actual series series length show i don't remember we'll see this is the series length one that aired on tsunami reactor which i never saw as a kid yeah right we we get to talk about reactor finally (laughs) reactor was streaming internet in like you know 1998 and people didn't have it (laughs) right Uh, the this is just like a fantasy swords and sorcery kind of show based off of a D and D campaign, I believe run by the creators and it's very cool. <laughs> and like classic. has a lot of, you, you get like even like spells they use. And I'm like, I recognize that spell from D and D like, huh, <laughs> like I know that, how that spells work because of D and D. This sounds like the kind of thing that I will either really like or find very annoying. I'm what what sure. I will say it's it, what I will say is I love the first episode of it. And then like, after that it was pretty dry and i couldn't quite get into the main show so we'll, well see <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we'll have two stinkers in a row hey uh for the next minisode i was thinking so next week's uh minisode i was thinking we would watch macross plus uh which is the macross movie that takes place like i don't know like 100 or 200 years after the original macross series okay. that we watched way back <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, it takes because like the end of the Macross series has like humanity's repopulating the galaxy, and after yeah, Earth was fucked right. up, and they've teamed up with the Zentradi who have agreed to be tiny. <laughs> and uh, man, that you know, brings me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's been a long time. So this this is like a movie slash four episode OVA. I I, I think we'll watch the OVA of it. I would rather watch or the, the movie. movie. We'll watch the movie because there's new footage. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's true. I can have something to compare it to too. Right. All right. Um, so, yeah, yeah that'll we'll be next that. week. And then Record of Lodos War after that. Uh, but until then, I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. We'll uh, see you next week. Yeah, be sure to revisit us for Macross Plus, the movie. Hey there. I just wanted to thank you so much for listening. Um, I hope that you're staying safe and as comfortable as can be out there in this second coronavirus quarantine. Uh, I'm going to suggest that you donate to Black Lives Matter causes that we have listed on our website. Uh, You can find links on the page titled Black Lives Matter, or I suppose it's a post titled Black Lives Matter. Uh, 
Uh, but also I'm aware that right now is not an easy time for anybody. And so I'm going to forego my usual spiel about uh, ways to support the podcast because really it's more important to support yourselves and the, the people around you. So yeah, we just, we can all get through this together, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, donate to a food bank or wherever you can uh, put your money to good use to help support the people around you because a lot of people need help right now. And I feel weird saying this at the end of a stupid podcast about anime that we didn't like very much, but we're all in it together. So donate where you can, uh, stay safe, and we'll see you next week for our mini-sode. Thanks for listening.